Welcome to the BWFA Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast series brought to you by Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. This podcast is informational and not a specific recommendation. Please consult with your financial advisor. Hello, and welcome to a new podcast titled Insurance from a Financial Planning Perspective. My name is Dad Ismar, and I am a senior financial planner at Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. And today I'm going to talk about different types of insurances you should have, whether you are young, about to retire, or retired, and there are different types of those types of insurance. So let's start with health insurance. Health insurance, everybody should have health insurance. Everybody probably knows health insurance is there in case you become sick, doctor's visits, paying for your medical expenses because it can be very expensive. Not much to talk about here other than when should you review your benefits? Well, I would suggest reviewing your benefits when you have life-changing moments or your health circumstances change. For example, when you're married, when you get married, when you have children, as you get older. When you're younger, you may want to have what's called a high deductible health insurance plan. This plan, as it suggests, has a high deductible. That means the out-of-pocket costs you are going to pay are more than a non-high deductible plan. But the healthier you are, the more beneficial it is to have a high deductible health insurance plan because you're not going to have many health visits, not many doctor's visits. And if you're younger, that's probably the case. Also, by participating in a health plan, such as a high deductible health plan, you are eligible to contribute to a health savings account. A health savings account is a way to save. If you are and contributing or available to contribute, you should do so for many reasons. One, you contribute it to it on a tax-deferred basis. It is not subject to federal, state, or payroll taxes. That includes Medicare and Social Security taxes. In addition to that, you should have the option to invest the funds, not just like a regular savings account, but oftentimes these savings accounts, the health savings accounts, will allow you to invest above a certain amount. They may have a requirement of $1,000 or $2,000 that must be kept in cash and liquid inside of the account. Anything above that, you're allowed to invest just like your 401k or an IRA or in an investment account. We would also suggest not using the funds for healthcare expenses, even though withdrawals that are used for healthcare expenses are tax-free, so you get tax-free growth, and you can use the funds tax-free if it's used for medical expenses. By investing and not using, it's compounded over time. You receive that compounding growth, and it's more likely you'll have more healthcare expenses in retirement than while you're younger. So you're saving an additional way to pay for medical expenses that you're probably gonna have more of in the future. In addition, if you need to use the HSA, you can. Once you reach the age of 65, you can withdraw from it. It'll just have to be treated as ordinary income like any other, for the most part, retirement account. If there are life-changing events, as I suggested, you should also review your health insurance coverage, especially if you are welcoming a new baby or if you think you might have some health procedures done in the future that could cost. And we'll take a look at your plans and see if you can change. Usually you can during open enrollment, which is usually in the fall, right about now, and see if you can change plans to another one, which would be more preferable 
uh, have less out-of-pocket costs, pay more of the benefits, um, and then when you retire, see if you can continue the health care coverage. If you can't, then you will need to go on to Medicare. You should receive Medicare. Uh, if you're not at the age of 65, you may have to purchase your own health insurance plan on the Maryland Health Exchange if you are a Maryland resident or another state exchange if you are a resident of another state. Another type of insurance you should look for is life insurance. We look at life insurance as a way to replace income in the event of a premature death. If you are retired and there's no one relying or and or there's no one relying on you for your income, then we would suggest you probably don't have a need for life insurance as there's no income to replace. The most cost-effective, inexpensive way to purchase life insurance is purchasing fixed-rate term life insurance. Fixed-rate term is just what it sounds like. There is a fixed rate and there is a term to it, meaning if you buy a policy that has a 10-year term, it runs out in 10 years. Usually, folks will buy life insurance, especially term life insurance, to match their retirement or when there's not a need to replace any income. That typically is when one retires. I will suggest, though, if there are married couples where there is one wage earner and the other spouse maybe does not work outside of the home, that spouse that does not work outside of the home still has a need for life insurance, even though there's no income to replace. It's likely that if the spouse who does not work outside of the home, when he or she passes away, the surviving spouse will need to take care of children, for example, and that comes at a cost. So even if you do not have income, you may still have a financial need for life insurance because we would need to, the spouse would need to replace the duties, the responsibilities of the deceased spouse. You can certainly purchase different types of life insurance, such as whole life insurance, uh, variable life insurance. These are going to come at a higher cost. And these are typically because it combines two things. Whole life insurance combines Income replacement with a savings vehicle in the form of a cash value. You're going to pay more premiums for this whole life policy. As long as you pay the premiums, it lasts your lifetime. Eventually, cash value will be building up. And you could withdraw from the cash value if you wanted to. It will caution you if you do go this route because, as I said, you're going to pay more in premiums. And it may be tempting to borrow, withdraw from the cash value. While it is tax-free, interest accrues on the balance and the cash value eventually could be depleted. And unless you pay back the borrowing, the loan from the whole life insurance, your life insurance policy could be in default. In addition, this is a whole life policy. It lasts your whole lifetime as long as you pay the premium. But once you retire, for most people, there's no income to replace. So I would suggest that there is not a need for whole life insurance at that point. Variable insurance, like whole life insurance, combines two financial planning areas, topics. This time it's life insurance and investing, but it's very expensive, just like whole life insurance. As long as you pay the premium, it's there. When you pass away, you still receive the death benefit. But again, if you're retired, no income to replace, there's not a need for life insurance. Lastly, I'm going to talk, actually two more I'm going to touch on. Liability insurance. If you're a homeowner, this comes in the form of a homeowner's policy. If you drive your car, you have own an automobile, it comes in the form of an auto policy. Inside those policies, 
there's liability protection. Liability protection is there in case someone sues you in relation to a fall at your house, an accident where you're found negligent, a car accident that's your fault. But these policies only have liability protection up to a certain point. You can purchase additional life insurance, excuse me, liability insurance by purchasing what's called an umbrella liability insurance policy. Think of an umbrella policy as an umbrella that sits on top of your already covered liability protection, autos and homeowners. This adds an additional way to get that coverage you need because auto and homeowners liability protection only goes up to a certain point. Umbrella liability insurance can be purchased in million-dollar increments, typically, and it's relatively inexpensive. It's $200 a year per million dollars, maybe less. You can also save by bundling it with your auto and homeowners, uh, and it's possible that when you do purchase liability, umbrella liability coverage, that your insurance company, company will lower your underlying auto and homeowners liability protection. So it may even reduce your current premiums. The last type of insurance is disability insurance. Disability insurance is insurance to pay your bills in the event that you become disabled. You probably have this through work. Um, it should replace generally 60 to 70% of your gross income. There are three options for the most part on how you can pay the premium. Your company, employer can pay the premium. You can pay the premium with pre-tax dollars or you could pay the premium with after-tax dollars. If your company pays a premium or if you pay the premium with pre-tax dollars, then any benefits you receive should you become disabled are going to be taxable. Consequently, you will receive less than that 60 to 70% recommended uh, amount of your gross income. If possible, you should have your employer change it so that you're paying the premium with after-tax dollars. If you do this, then any benefits received are tax-free. It's also possible that your employer will say, no, you can't do that. And there's a number of reasons, which we won't go into today. But if that is the case, then see if your employer can pay the premium for you, but have an amount that is taxable to you as a separate line item on your paycheck. Meaning they pay the premium, but as a result, they're going to tax it on your paycheck which will have the same effect as you paying the premium with after-tax dollars. The difference between receiving disability benefits that are taxable, treated as ordinary income, and tax-free is huge, especially when you are confronted with a disability because you're going to probably be going through a lot, and that's one less thing you have to worry about, and it's one thing that's easy to ameliorate. Well, that's it. Thank you for listening, uh, and stay tuned for more podcasts. Thanks for listening. For questions, more information, or to schedule a conversation, please contact Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Past performance is no measure or guarantee of future returns. Investing in securities involves risk, including the risk of principal. The securities and services mentioned here may not be suitable for every investor. You should discuss these with your advisor prior to making a final determination based on your risk tolerance, your investment objectives, and your financial situation. Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor.